Hello and welcome to the I Am Woman Project, where every week we have deep thought-provoking and interesting conversations with thought leaders, change instigators, rule breakers and creative minds who think differently, sparking creativity and inspiration. Our special guests on our show cover a variety of topics just for you, and they share their personal stories to inspire, motivate and empower you, our listener. The I Am Woman podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at www.iamwomanproject.com.au. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favourite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at I Am Woman Project and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today we have the beautiful Samantha Lepiet. Uh, Samantha is an entrepreneur, healthy lifestyle advocate and co-founder of Australia's first specialty wellness travel company, Health and Fitness Travel. Samantha has an unbridled enthusiasm for all things travel, health and fitness and is committed to providing healthy holiday options that not only enhance but change lives. Samantha's goal is to bring active holidays and wellness tourism into mainstream acceptance in Australia and showcase that taking care of yourself can be both a very enjoyable and incredibly rewarding experience. Samantha, originally from Scotland, she has grown up across Australia and now resides in Melbourne. Between travelling and when not in the office, Samantha can usually be found by the water be that at the beach where she is learning to kite board or in the ocean enjoying scuba diving. So sit back and enjoy this conversation between two women. So welcome to the show, Samantha Lippiet. How are you today? Very good. Thank you very much for having me on. Oh, it's exciting. And I love just, I love hearing all about your business. You were telling me a little bit about it and I think it's quite unique. So let's unpack Samantha and maybe tell us a little bit about you and what you do so that our listeners get a bit of an understanding about the health and fitness travel side of things. Absolutely. Well, I I am... uh as we were just discussing, I'm originally from the UK, uh, from Scotland many years ago. But as you can hear from my accent, I have lived here for a very long time. I'm now calling Melbourne home and have for the last five or six years. I, I run a business called, or I own a business called Health and Fitness Travel. I'm the co-founder here in Australia and the managing director. And we, we do beautiful bespoke wellness holidays all over the world. Mm, that's beautiful. I love that. What, what actually inspired you to do that? Well, originally, I wanted to really find something that I could I could harness both my passions. So I really love travel. I've traveled all my life. Um, my dad was actually in the British Army when I was young. So I grew up in Belgium and Germany and England and Scotland, which also might account for the mixture in my accent before we came to Australia. And I've continued to travel ever since. So last year, I managed to get to 10 different countries. Um, so I absolutely love traveling. And then I really started to get into health and well-being. I think hadn't always been something that had been in my family to really be focused on your health and well-being. And I decided I didn't want to be a victim, I guess, of my genetics. And I really wanted to take control of, of, of how healthy I was. 
And I started really getting into that as a personal um, you know, sort of in, passion that I really love doing. I thought, how can I combine these two things? So initially, I was going to run my own retreats. I was going to take people off to lovely tropical islands like Vanuatu and, and yell at them on the beach while they did a boot camp. And I was going to enjoy these lovely holidays every month. And I realized that there was nobody really selling wellness holidays in Australia. Which really kind of struck me as odd because there seemed to be a lot of different little retreats and individuals like myself who really wanted to, to run something. And so I thought maybe there was a bigger opportunity. So really that was kind of just, in, you know, creating something that I wished existed. And uh, I went out to, to, you know, combine those passions. You sure have. You have turned your passions into your business. That's awesome. Mm. <laughs> and same with when you were talking about your health and you didn't want to be, uh, I guess, from a health perspective, is it mm. – because, um, you know, normally when people get into health, health wasn't one of my my things. It, wasn't, it definitely wasn't high up there with my values. But definitely mm-hmm. over time when things occurred to me uh, as I've gotten older uh, and things have taken, you know, over my health, mm-hmm. uh, I've definitely – that's been my number one priority. So obviously this is – sometimes when people get – you know, they change the way they eat or get into their health and fitness, it's something they've mm-hmm. experienced. But from what I hear from you, it's more so you don't – it's from a family – your family's experience a certain health uh, situation which yeah. you don't want to experience. That's right. I mean, you know, I think especially coming from uh, coming from cold climates, definitely a lot of comfort food in families. And, you know, I kind of – I think uh, as we're getting older and we're living longer and we're just wanting to have a better quality of life, I think you really have to take accountability for your own health as well. And that's what I wanted to do. It was like it's no point saying, well, we always uh, overeat and we really love fried foods in my family or, you know, I mean, these are things that you can control. Also, a lot of, a lot of my family have had heart problems and, you know, a lot of this comes down to – and can be managed early in life with like, you know, dietary, um, like management and cardio and, and all those sorts of things. So why wouldn't I give myself the best chance? Absolutely. And in Scotland, they have, is it fried Mars bars? <laughs> deep fried everything. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. So they do have deep fried Mars bars and um, unfortunately they are delicious. So they're not very, very attractive, but <laughs> quite tasty. Are so. they delicious, are they? <laughs> They are, as you say, but you should better share maybe amongst a few people. It's not something that I would recommend someone eats by themselves. Um, it's probably a surefire way to, to head towards a heart attack. See, I love, when I was in Scotland, I love the fact that they served uh, the chips in a newspaper. Like, so whatever newspaper was in for the day, they actually wrapped it up. But it, was, it looked so cool, but it, they were delicious. And I remember haggis. I wasn't keen on haggis. Yep. Uh, and, of course, the frozen Mars bars. They, they were the three things that kind of stood out for me. <laughs> oh no, they definitely, I mean, a lot of things, uh, uh, you know, sort of, they do deep fry. I think they've actually moved away. You might be sad to hear they've moved away from the newspapers because all the print used to come off the newspapers and apparently it turns out it's not good for you. <laughs> do you know, it's, I don't, it's funny, I don't remember that. I actually thought, and I remember saying that I think in Scotland they have, you know, special newspapers because the, the print never came <laughs> off on the chips. Never seems to come off, yeah. No, yeah. they don't do it anymore. I was very sad. I went back last year and I was telling my hubby all about it and uh, no, no, no good. But we did go to, you know, sort of have some, some deep fried things. And I think the thing is, it's really interesting is your taste changed so much as an adult. When I was eating them, I just thought this just tastes like unhealthy. You know, it's like it was really hard to to just have that child-free abandon of just being like, it's not, it doesn't matter, I sort of thing. So, but we did, we still got to try out some a few different things and explore, which is fun. 
Yeah, but I think that's once you start shifting, um, you know, to healthier foods, your taste buds mm. change. So when you go back to something you used to love, it's either too sweet or I, I sometimes taste the things that I used to love and I go, I can't mm-hmm. believe I used to eat this. It's just so <laughs> sweet. I used to eat it yeah. all the time. So can oh, I ask you, Samantha, where's your favourite place? Because you do lots of travel. If you had to pick your favourite place in the world, where would it be? Oh, that would be very, very difficult. I um, have been to so many beautiful places just last year. I was trying to decide what would be my my favorite place. And I had the luck of heading over to Italy for a friend's wedding where I spent three weeks exploring, um, including Venice and the Amalfi Coast, which was quite fantastic. Mm. I also got to go over to the Maldives and do some scuba diving. And I'm a keen diver. So that was pretty special as well. And And those were just two places I went last year. So I... I'm very spoiled in that I have got to travel to so many places, um, but they, those two definitely stand out. Okay, so you obviously haven't seen Jaws, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's quite funny because my, my mother, I'm sure she won't mind me she had saying this, but ever since we moved to Australia, which is uh, some years now, 20-something years, uh, she has never been in the water in Australia because because of the movies, movie Jaws and a firm belief that if you don't go in the water, the sharks can't get you. Oh, that's so cute. I have to admit that I I was uh, I remember when I saw Jaws, I think my sister and I were too scared to even go in the pool because uh, yeah. we were so frightened. <laughs> it, was a, it was quite a detrimental movie that way, wasn't it? It was yeah. really impactful on, on so many people. So, yeah, yeah. No, then- so far. I can tell you, I've actually, I've done a few dives with sharks and none have been, even looked the least bit uh, interested. Much to my mum's displeasure, I have done quite a few shark dives. Oh, wow. That's very courageous. I would never do that for a million. No, not even if you paid me a million dollars. No way. For me to go and learn to scuba dive. So, you know, (laughs) I'm not sure what that's saying. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So, Samantha, (laughs) what makes you jump out of bed in the mornings? Like, What's the best part of what you do? Oh, you know what? I think the best part really is just the customer stories. So one of the fantastic things about this is I've worked in lots of different roles and, you know, usually you have really some happy customers, you know, some that are okay and, and then just a lot of complaints in general, mm-hmm. but we just don't get that here. We always have happy stories, customers that go and have the holidays better than they thought it was going to be. They feel better than they thought they could. And, you know, every time they call up and just say, we've been looking for something like this, you know, I've been lost in all the information. I don't know where, you know, I don't, like it, it should be nothing like trying to plan a holiday and it becomes really overwhelming mm. and sort of take that out away from people and then give them this beautiful experience. That's what gets me excited and gets me out of bed every day. Oh, yeah. And is there any particular story that really stands out for you from one of your customers? Well, if you said there's a couple, one that is maybe it's a kind of an interesting um, a story to, to, to say is a sort of um, uh, like a promotion, but really this lady, she went away on one of our trips and she was actually at a real change point in her life. She wasn't sure how she felt about her relationship and she, she actually came back and told me she had decided to get divorced while she had been away on one of these trips. She had found herself, she had realized how good and happy she felt as a, as a solo and she just came back and she, she sort of dissipated the relationship, you know, quite amicably, but it was like, it's it's time. And the next year she booked to go back to the retreat and actually took her daughters along with her because she wanted them to have the same healing kind of experience that she had had um, in the previous year. So it's really, it's really life-changing in that way. Um, and, you know, not necessarily negative because not all relationships are, are, are meant to be. 
Yeah, it's true. And, and obviously by being away and taking that time out for you, which women don't do often, do they? Because they're so selfless. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to actually go out and that take that time out for you, sometimes you did get those aha moments or those insights and you start mm-hmm. questioning, is this where I want to be? That's right, absolutely. So, Samantha, for our listeners, can you give us maybe just walk us through uh, what that would look like? So if we were to book a, a holiday away, what does that look like? Do we arrive in an island? Uh, do we get an, a massage in the morning? Do we do a yoga class? Like, talk us through maybe one of the packages. Well, I mean, it really varies because I think it's up to the individual. Uh, I think we were talking a little bit before and it sounds like you're, you're like me, you enjoy tropical destinations, mm. beachfronts. Um, so we have, I'll talk you through an example of a lovely property we have in Kosamui, Kamalaya. Now they are on a private lagoon. So you would arrive, you've got private beachfront. It's almost like a little wellness village, a beautiful big spa with so many different rooms. Even if you have a treatment twice a day and a lot of the programs do, you won't go into the same treatment room. Uh, you've got, you know, big swimming pool. You've got access out into the water to go kayaking. Each day will start with probably a yoga or a meditation or a walk down on the beach, something gentle just to wake you up and sort of make you enjoy the day. And it's so beautiful because in Thailand, we're, we're actually a few hours uh, ahead of Thailand. So we wake up early, but it feels like we've slept in. <laughs> and then we go down, we have our glorious like yoga and meditation, and then we have a beautiful big breakfast. And then the day will probably look like we've, you've got your treatments for your programs set out throughout the day, but also access to go and listen to well-being talks or meet with a um, like an in-house practitioner who specializes in, in an area of interest for you. And throughout the day, you're going to be meeting with other people who are all there on with like the same journey. They're all there for one purpose, which is just to feel as good and as healthy and as well as they can. And it's, it, you know, I've got friends from my stay at Kamalaya that I still stay in touch with and who I've traveled around the world and they've traveled over um, to, to Australia to see me. Um, so we really kind of connect with those people at the time as well. Well, and who sets these programs? Are these programs already set in, as part of the package or is it is it up to you to kind of create your own package? Again, a bit of both. So at Kamalaya offer already uh, 12 different programs, for example. So everything from sort of detox through to emotional change is actually a really popular one where people may be going through um, something like a redundancy or grief or something like that will go and actually get some real practical steps that they can bring back as well. Or it could be sleep enhancement. That's a big one, very popular um, and you know much needed because we function so much better for sleeping well. And then it might just be your de-stress or relaxation um, type programs. But we also have a bespoke program called Fusion Fitness and we that allow people to then create this tailored uh, holiday as well. So if there's not something and a lot of the retreats, we, we actually can create a bespoke um, option for them as well. Oh, wow. Samantha, I'm sitting here going, where do I sign? <laughs> it is, you know, it's one of those things you feel, you just feel really great when you get back. And I think that that's, you know, it can't be it can't be overlooked how how good that is for you. Yeah, absolutely. So, with the benefits of hindsight, what would you have done differently, if anything? I think one of the hardest things for me was that I tried to to juggle, um, you know, having a, a normal everyday job and starting my business for a really long time, um, almost to the point where I, I almost burnt myself out, which is quite funny if you think about. Uh, I guess ironic with the type of work that I do, but I was. 
uh, I was at a cross a crossroad where my husband actually took me to. We had a we had big glass doors in our house at the time, and he took me over and he got these whiteboard pens and he drew out kind of three timelines, like my you know my personal life and my day job and my my business, and it was just they just they were overlapping everywhere. And he said something's got to give, you know, otherwise it's going to be your health. Mm. Um, so I think you know, in the benefit of hindsight, I would have I would have just taken that leap a bit earlier. Um, and really, you know, believed in in myself instead of trying to juggle everything. But so, we're all a bit busy of that. <laughs> so you had a job, you had a business, mm-hmm. and then obviously a personal mm-hmm. life. And so mm. you obviously gave up your job to then focus on your business. Eventually, yes, yeah, so I, I gave up my full time job, and I got on a plane. And I flew back to the UK and slept on one of my now business partner's uh, couches for two weeks, and absorbed as much information as I could about the business. And then came back and launched it in Australia. Wow, that's amazing! And how long did you juggle with the two? Oh, it was quite quite some time because from probably from the initial uh, con- conversation, it was probably about two years yeah. from yeah inception through to, to launching in Australia. Wow. And what lessons were learned along the way? I think, you know, I, the big one I learned is that nothing is as important as your health. Uh, it's it's funny. We think that if we just do this or we just do that, then later we can come back and we can enjoy that. But if you're not healthy, then, you know, there's, there's nothing to really be enjoyed. So that was probably the biggest lesson that I've learned. And I, I still struggle with it. You know, it's easy to get really caught up in life and get really busy. Um, but if you're not feeling well, you're not taking care of yourself, then you've got to really, you know, take a good look at what's, what's your priorities and come back to that. It's it's true, you know, and I think that I do the same thing. I talk about actually today in a class I was talking about it and saying, isn't it funny how we just allow uh, work to pile up because for me I love what I do so I don't feel like I work mm-hmm. a day in a lot in, in my life but uh, in actual fact that's quite dangerous to think that way because then you just keep pushing yourself and pushing yourself and pushing yourself mm-hmm. and we do that until we get burnt out or you know uh, or somebody gets cancer or you know what I mean it could be anything mm-hmm. but and that's when we start having that realization that geez you know there's more to life than work there's actually me my health yeah. there's actually my family um, but we don't stop to think until Something happens, unfortunately. Something happens. That's right. When it, and you are right. You know, usually you sort of take stock when when something happens, and you know, it, like touch wood, it's it's almost it's not to you or it's someone you hear of or you know. But I mean, that's that's what's happening. It's really just that little reminder in time. I actually, um, I think it was in the second year of the business being running, I broke my wrist, my and my my right wrist as well. So I'm right-handed. And that I felt was almost like a sign from the universe because I had to delegate work at that point. I couldn't physically. I tried to teach my laptop to, to understand my accent. It did not work out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I did. I did and, I, and I had to go and have surgery on my wrist. So it was quite a long, uh, you know, sort of repair process to, to be able to get back to typing and everything as well. But it was almost like that sign from the universe to say, you need to, you know, take some things off your plate. Oh, I know. You know, I had the same thing. I had uh, had to have an operation. I had my gallbladder taken out, three hernias. So I had four little operations in one go. And I was like, wow, Catherine, you know, you weren't listening to the signs. You totally ignored them. You kept pushing through, pushing through. And the universe goes, okay, that's enough. We're not giving her any more signs. This is it. <laughs> Bang. She's in bed for two weeks and that's it. Yeah. So I had no option but to stop. No, I wasn't. I don't even remember the next day actually trying to get my, you know, my mobile phone to get to my emails and my husband just be like, you're being ridiculous. First of all, you're still on painkillers. 
<laughs> You're being ridiculous. You've got one hand. Just, you know, you can take a day off. Um, so, yeah, it's just those little things that remind you. Oh, I was doing the same. I was on Indone, so that's quite strong, <laughs> the medication. So I yeah. I was, I don't, you know, I don't even think I remember my name, but, you know, I was doing the same thing. I was <laughs> grabbing for my phone to just make sure that everyone was okay and if anybody needed my help. And I wasn't worried about me. Mm. No, well, that's it. I think that's, I think that's unfortunately quite common, you know, particularly for women and women in business and mothers. And, you know, there's just, there's always something else that's pulling on our attention. And then we always, you know, like we forget to, to remember that you've got to, you've got to fill your cup first. If you're, you know, if you can't look after yourself, you can't help others. Oh, so true. So true. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that we love to ask our women of inspiration is looking at pain points and every business has a pain point. So, uh, what would be your biggest pain point in your business that you deal with on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, so one of the biggest things that we face, and I guess it's a, it's a personal preference as well, is I didn't want to go from one corporate job to setting myself up in an office where I had, you know, sort of set hours. I had to come in every day from, you know, nine to six and look after a, a team of people, especially didn't really want to get into you know, direct people management, making sure people are at their desk and, and those sorts of things. And I've always believed that people can be really productive and that really focusing on productivity instead of hours sat in an office uh, was more important to me and my team. But obviously that created problems as trying to, to, to grow a team, to have remote staff, um, to outsource. Del- as I said, you know, really had to, to break that risk before I started outsourcing and delegating um, different things because I was you know, we can always do it faster. We can do it ourselves. It's easier. It's hard to explain, you know, all of these things, but I really needed to, to start doing that. So now I have been able to leverage my husband's experience as a, as a, he's done a lot of outsourcing and I have an offshore team who support me with administrative duties and uh, PR and marketing and all sorts of, you know, admin heavy tasks that were burdening my time. Mm. And then I was just working in the business and not on the business. Um, and so they sort of take all that. And then we, we're, we're setting up, and, we're, and this is something we're going through at the moment, is setting up mobile uh, travel agents and adding more travel agents. And obviously, as you grow, initially, it's quite easy. You can use you know small systems and, and simple solutions. But as you start to bring in more people, you know, you've got to sort of build those systems. So it, I've actually got a background in, in the uh, travel technology space as well. So... I kind of know what's out there, but means I, I don't know if it means I know that there's actually not one solution for what we're trying to do until so we're trying to sort of piece it all together. Yeah. So obviously the, the solution was to outsource overseas and you got that information from your husband. Is that your virtual assistants? Um, so are they I, based in um, – because I know that there's uh, some businesses I've spoken to, they outsource to India, to Philippines, Indonesia, yeah. yeah, so our team are in the Philippines, but I actually personally use a, a VA service from India as well. So then they look after a lot of my personal, um, you know, sort of tasks and also my travel plans. Quite funnily, you know, it's one of those things when you work in the travel industry, you, you need somebody to help you, but you like to still be in control of making the plans. So it's great to have someone to do your research yeah. and then you can then go ahead and make the decisions. And was that easy or hard? Because I've done that too. I've actually had uh, teams offshore mm. and I found that, personally speaking, um, I found that a little bit hard. It took a lot of my time to train them and to mm-hmm. make sure that they were doing it right. And, um, you know, it was it was so much time and energy that in the end I just went, oh, this is way too hard. I think I, I, I gave it a go for about six months or so or seven months and then I just mm-hmm. gave up. Did you have the same experience? 
I think that the thing for me is because my husband had 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 the big corporate experience he was able to give me a crash course so yeah a lot of what he taught me was in being really really clear in your instructions and a lot of this and I still had my own experiences of just going you know these people don't know what I'm talking about and you know this is what I asked for and and he would come back to me and say tell me exactly what you said and almost halfway through explaining it to him I would hear what somebody maybe from a different country might interpret and I would go yeah that's what they did he's like did you ask for that I'm like yes that's not what I meant you know so that was that was definitely a learning curve there there was also you know learning that there's different customs there's different and there isn't one global uh you know like understanding of like a lot of people say it's common sense and there is no such thing as common sense especially if you live in a country where you know you've got different um priorities uh you know you've got and you, you might not have those same experiences that we have are lucky to have in Australia so you know it's really just about taking it back but it's it definitely was a process i think what helped too is i flew i actually flown over and i go over um once or twice a year mm. and meet face to face with my team for several weeks wow. um and we do a big you know sort of um training process and things while we're there So yes it, it is an investment in time um I think it's it's not as simple as you know as a lot of people will hope it would be um but definitely the other thing I think is finding the right people and we work with a, a small company called Microsourcing and they do small uh, like teams so they they do sort of uh, manage my team and look after them and provide IT services and so it is it's my own team that I'm working with there Uh, and I always think they said them like they're employees of health and fitness travel um but they just work in a different location which is fine because we all do I mean mm-hmm. I work remotely um you know with the tra- the mobile travel agents all work remotely we're just in different locations yeah so true and that, thank you for sharing that information that's quite insightful because I didn't think of that that's I didn't even look at how I was uh, actually communicating that's really good So Samantha, what do you think is the number one reason that most uh individuals fail to succeed? I think that a lot of uh, individuals and in, in businesses, small businesses, it's really about being sort of under-resourced for the amount of time it takes to become successful. I certainly know that for myself, you know, I was brought up in a lot of stories of the overnight success um or the seemingly overnight success uh, which i now realize is you know 10 to 15 years of hard work and then all of a sudden you you know you pop up on the stage somewhere and and people can't get enough of you because you've finally made it mm. um you know and, and so i think that 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 is the thing a lot of things in business just take so much time um and i think that you know again a little bit like the the outsourcing we expect it's going to be a bit easier you know expecting to to work and so then yeah often running out of those resources whether that's you know cash or even just energy because it's that part in the middle where you just have to keep on churning and turn up and you know do the same thing you've done every day for the last few years it's not as exciting as at the start it's like a a long-term relationship mm. uh so you've really got to have that enthusiasm and love what you do to to sort of get there as well so what are you, what is your trick like so for example it's true we've got to show up even if we don't feel like showing up we have to show up so when you're feeling like oh I can't be bothered today what's your little trick Well for me like a lot of it actually revolves around travel so I love to have a trip planned at least every 3 months because then I don't feel like it's a long time between you know sort of adventures um and that helps me to to sort of 
put 90-day plans in place as well. So I'm like, right, I've got these goals. I want to get this done before I go for my next trip, which is to, you know, um, I think next we're, we're off to uh, the Cook Islands. So, you know, I'm just trying to remember, we're going kiteboarding in the Cook Islands. So I'm like, right, I've got to get sorted because I'm doing that in 65 days. And so that helps me to really knock those goals off. Wow, that's amazing. I love it. Every three months, I wish I could do that. That's gorgeous. That's amazing. <laughs> well, you know, you can, even a little weekend, you know, something that's sort of there to to just be a, a little treat at the end of those, uh, you know, those, those goals. Yeah, I mean, we do that. We do travel quite a fair bit, but we also mm. make little plans, whether it's a dinner plan or a weekend or yeah. a night away. It does it does help you uh, look forward to, to, to something, for, for sure. Absolutely. I think, yeah, I think the other thing is just to really celebrate every, you know, when you do get to those goals as well, like you said, like, you know, because if you go for a dinner at the end and that's, you just look back and say, I've come a long way, that helps to really keep that um, enthusiasm as well. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, my younger self. <laughs> Uh, I think, you know, it really is about just um, believing in yourself. I know that's, that's kind of cliche, but when you're young, you have so many doubts and you have this real imposter syndrome as well. You think that everybody else has got it together. Everyone else seems cool and calm and collected. And you are just kind of there a little bit like a duck paddling away, you know, wait, hope, waiting to be, um, you know, sort of uncovered. But I think everyone feels like that. And I think it takes a long time. So if I was going to go back and say to my younger self, I'd go, you know what? You're doing the best you can. You're doing a great job. Um, go out there, believe in yourself, ask for help, talk to other people who have done it. They're more than happy to share with you. And I love to do that when people approach me and ask why, you know, why I've done this or done my business. Love to chat with them. And, I, and, you know, I think a lot of people really enjoy telling their story and sharing that with people. So you can get a lot of advice that way and, and uh, yeah, just really believe in yourself. Yeah, and, and being on that topic, being uh, your younger self, who was your superhero when you were younger? My superhero was always my mum uh, when I was younger. You know, she just she just held it all together. We moved so many times. She had to organize it. My dad was often away uh, for long periods with the army. And so my mum was just mum, dad, you know, everything to, to us as kids. So she always told me, you can do anything you want. She did always seem to mention doctors and, and uh, dentists and, and, you know, sort of lawyers and things, but <laughs> she believed in me and she really gave me that determination uh, to go out there and, and take the world by storm. Oh, it's gorgeous. And you did. And you have. So, Samantha, what we do at the end of uh, our show as we wrap up, we always ask our woman of inspiration to pick one word that best describes her personal brand. What would be that one word for you? So, for me, I think it would be determined. You know, I'm really determined to to just change the world that we live in and make my business a success. Mm, I can see that. Very determined. And the other thing we ask our woman of inspiration is to share three golden nuggets uh, for our listeners. So what would be your three shiny golden nuggets that you would like to share uh, with our listeners? Yeah, so definitely um, outsourcing, as I mentioned before, microsourcing.com uh, for a little micro um, outs, you know, outsource offices. I think that's a really great uh, place to start. If that's something that you're interested in, you'd like to chat with me more, I'd be happy to talk you through those. Delegate, uh, delegate, delegate. Start doing it earlier than you think that you should. Um, don't wait to have a gal, you know, operations uh, or break bones. Start delegating and, and teaching those teams so it's not so frustrating. Um, and as I mentioned just before, get out and connect with people that have done what you are trying to do and get their support. 
Mm. And how do you do that if you're not if you're an introvert and you're not that way inclined? Well, look, I mean, you can you can disconnect with people online. You know, it's it is nicer if you want to go along to an event, but if, if you find it difficult, instead of maybe going along to a networking event, you can go along and hear people speak. Mm. You can still, you know, get in, into their presence and and get a lot of their wisdom just by being there. But I find, uh, you know, a little LinkedIn message, meeting with someone one on one, is a lot more. Um, you know, sort of palatable, even if you are a bit of an introvert, as opposed to maybe trying to approach someone in a in a networking space where you know it, it, it might be a bit overwhelming. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for that. So, how will our listeners find you? Well, I'll be able to find uh, find our business at www.healthandfitnesstravel.com.au, and you'll find more information about me on there. But you'll also be able to find me via social media. Uh, handles I'm sure will pop up with this interview as well and I really do love what you do I love the fact you're Australia's first dedicated wellness travel company health and fitness travel I love it and for me I'm definitely going to look into it very inspired for, uh, by what you shared with me today and I'm sure our listeners will too thank you so much for having me it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much take care bye That brings us to the end of the show. If you have any questions, please send us an email to jennifer at iamwomanproject.com.au or Twitter at iamwomanproject and we will get right back to you. If you were listening to this podcast on iTunes, please make sure you leave a review or rating about the show. We would love to hear your thoughts. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. Until next time, please take care.